We've a bit of scandal in the second talk in this series on Search for Truth today. If you were listening last week, you'll recall we were looking at some of the experiences of the Bible character Joseph. Your Bible teacher Brian Johnston is here again, and this time we'll see how Joseph experiences the sexual temptation uh, by his boss's wife, no less. And this time it's a test of moral purity. Will Joseph yield to her advances? Well, let's go to Brian and find out. Okay then, John. A Swiss lady once advertised for a chauffeur and received three applicants for the job. She interviewed them individually, each time asking the same question. How close to a precipice could you drive and still be safe? The first assured her that he could come within 15 centimetres in complete safety. The second applicant boasted that he could let his outer wheel run on the edge and she'd still have nothing to worry about. The third and last candidate admitted that he didn't really know, but that he'd simply prefer to keep as far away as possible. Needless to say, he was the one who got the job. Back again with Joseph, we said he was an unlikely candidate for success earlier, were it not for the fact that the great secret of his life was the Lord was with him. Sensing God with him gave Joseph the motivation to stay pure. And that's what this study will major on. We've already remembered Joseph in his parental home, growing up as a youth. It was a study that drew our attention to his fidelity. He kept faith with the content of the dreams he received and so with the word of God to him. What's more, he was a faithful witness to the content of that revelation from God. In this second study, we come to the second of the five homes or houses with which Joseph in his life was associated. From each, our aim is to learn one vital home truth. Let's recap where we're up to in the Joseph story. Fake news is a big concern that trends today. But it's not new. Joseph's father had been on the receiving end of the fake news that his favourite son, Joseph, was dead, killed by some wild animal. The reality was that Joseph, after he'd been betrayed by his jealous older brothers who'd faked his death, they had sold him into a life of slavery in Egypt. And now in Egypt, Joseph finds himself the unwilling object of the sexual advances of his boss's wife. In that situation, Joseph models for us how, in the case of temptation, just like with an infection, prevention or avoidance is the best strategy. We read this in Genesis chapter 39. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now, his master saw that the Lord was with him, and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. It would appear, therefore, that Joseph was conscious of God's presence, as with King David, who wrote in his 16th Psalm, I saw the Lord always in my presence. What difference would it make to our television viewing and internet browsing if we were acutely aware of the Lord being there with us and exposed to all that we were viewing? That's the first point we pick up from Joseph's defence against temptation, the need to be alive to the presence of the Lord always in our lives. Now let's continue. 
So Joseph found favour in his sight and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he owned he put in his, that's Joseph's, charge. It came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge. And with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? As she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. This is where we interrupt again, to make sure we pick up the second point. The woman persisted in her advances and sexual harassment. Think of how Joseph is away from home and away from parental influence. Misfortune has befallen him and he could think he'd nothing to lose, nothing to live for much more anyway. But Joseph had made the principles of his previous home life his very own. He chose to continue to live by them. We were saying how his boss's wife persisted in her advances and sexual harassment. The media these days regularly reports on businesses and even industries where individuals face regular sexual harassment. Joseph had his strategy worked out long ago. He didn't allow himself to be with her. He did his level best to avoid compromising situations. Today, anyone operating in a position of trust such as a teacher or youth club leader, must adopt so-called safeguarding standards. These would include sensible working practices. For example, not being alone in a room without windows with a student and not offering private transport. Let's take the next section in Genesis 39 from verse 11. Now, it happened one day that he went into the house, this is Joseph, to do his work, and none of the men of the household was there inside. And she, the boss's wife, she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And Joseph left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. Joseph's final strategy was, if all else fails, run. This agrees with the advice which Paul, much later, would give to Timothy. When dealing with temptation and harmful desires, Paul says, flee from these things. In other words, put as much distance as you can between yourself and them. This takes us back to our opening illustration of the Swiss lady looking for a new chauffeur. In answer to her test question of how near the cliff edge he could drive and still be safe, the successful candidate had said, I wouldn't go anywhere near it. Correct answer. And so for any temptation, Joseph then has done everything right. He succeeds in avoiding temptation, but soon discovers there's a price to pay. When she, the boss's wife, saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I screamed. When he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. 
So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with these words, The Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came in to me to make sport of me, and as I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Now when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your servant did to me, his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the jail. Well, we'll leave to our next study to discover how Joseph gets on in the prison house. But what has he taught us about purity? First, try to be conscious of the Lord with us all the time and the need to act in a way that's consistent with our Christian identity, remembering the perfect example of our Lord's holy life. The good preferences of our parents' home should become the convictions of our own independent living. Second, Joseph did his best to avoid this woman, trying to make sure he was never left alone with her. But she was determined and powerful, and it was only a matter of time before she could corner him. Third, Joseph demonstrates how we need to run when it's necessary to do so. He sacrificed his dignity to maintain his purity. I believe these lessons are vital, and here's why. Surveys and research studies, primarily by the Barna Group and Covenant Eyes, reveal that pornography has invaded Christianity. Over 40 million Americans are regular visitors to porn sites. There are around 42 million porn websites, which totals about 370 million pages of pornography. 47% of families in the US reported that pornography is a problem in their home. Age 11 is the average age their child is first exposed to porn, and 94% of children will see porn by the age of 14. 70% of Christian youth pastors report that they have had at least one teen coming to them for help in dealing with pornography in the last 12 months. 68% of church-going men and over 50% of pastors view porn on a regular basis. Of young Christian adults 18 to 24 years old, 76% actively search for porn. 59% of pastors said that married men seek their help for porn use. 33% of women aged 25 and under search for porn at least once a month. Only 13% of self-identified Christian women say they never watch porn. 57% of pastors say porn addiction is the most damaging issue in their congregation. Those are devastating statistics, and this is why the value of purity is such a vital home truth. Remember Joseph. God has left us his excellent example in the Bible for such a time as this.
Did you enjoy that hymn? It was written by James Orr in 1936, and it has one more verse. It's in the form of a prayer. Uh, listen and share it with me. O Holy Ghost, revival comes from thee. Send a revival, start the work in me. Thy word declares thou wilt supply our need. For blessings now, O Lord, I humbly plead. Amen. I'm sure you said hearty amen to that too. And as usual, there's a free uh, book, a digital e-book, unless you specify otherwise, which accompanies this series. And if you want one, just ask for Vital Home Truths. And you can do this by writing in by email or by post. And here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. And did you know by looking up churchesofgod.info forward slash media, you'll find our church's main website and you can download some actual programmes and the accompanying transcripts as well, as well as accessing other helpful material. Well, that's almost all we have for today, but I'm delighted you could join me. And I look forward to your company next week, if you're able, when we'll follow Joseph into the harsh prison house, where he faces the test of humility. But until then, it's cheerio and very best wishes from our Bible teacher Brian, our studio producer David, our singers, and me, John. So see you soon, and may God richly bless you. Love.